Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Let's go places. Brute force. If it doesn't work, you're just not using enough. You're listening to Software Radio. Special Operations Military News and Straight Talk with the Guys in the Community. Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to Soft Rep Radio. Soft Rep Radio on time, on target. I am your host today, Steve Valsheri. Joining us once again is... uh, Ramon Castro. Ramon uh, is representing American Veterans Homefront Initiative. And uh, we've had Ramon on the podcast before. And for those of you who don't remember or didn't tune in for that particular episode, uh, he's walking about 2,000 miles from San Diego, California, all across the United States southern border you know, California, Arizona, New Mexico. He's now in West Texas. Uh, He's checking in with us. And, uh, you know, we're going to talk to him about the Home Front Initiative and what it's all about. So um, we want to welcome him back. Ramon, how are them feet holding up, bro? 
Yeah, they're, uh, you know what, they're, uh, you'd, you'd be, well, you know, being, yeah. being special forces or whatnot, you know how resilient the body can be. Uh, once you uh, put it under a little bit of stress, you can really test it. And, uh, you know, most of the time, is if you do it right, take care of it, it'll bounce back and, and you know, help you out. So yeah, that, <laughs> that's, that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, well, you know, when you first start off, I'm sure your feet were kind of like hamburger and then, they're like anything as this your feet are like a good pair of boots they get broken into that walking and, and i'm yeah, sure yeah. now they're a lot better off than you were in that first probably four or five days huh yeah yeah no it was uh it was it was it was brutal uh i would say i think when uh you and i had uh first talked i think i was uh i was on my way back to return a rental vehicle it was i was taking i had a schedule two days of rest uh, because then I think if I hadn't if I hadn't have done that, it gave my 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 body time to recover from that first week of breaking it in. I might not be where we're at now, but so that helped. Uh, yeah, my my feet were they're still I wouldn't say 100%, but you know you got blisters under blisters and you know calluses and and you know somebody said hey go get a pedicure and I was like you're out of your mind that those calluses I've been working hard on them <laughs> yeah <laughs> I want them there <laughs> yeah that's you know it's like when you're done with your service then you want to get rid of them but uh well you're uh, <laughs> yeah. you know when, when you need them to walk on uh, those calluses are your friend yes sir absolutely so uh we're feeling real good I'm feeling healthy uh we brought on uh, another uh, Navy veteran, Oscar Suarez, on the team. He's been coordinating uh, the trip as well as keeping track of my of my diet and my breaks. And there really aren't any breaks, but he's making sure that I'm, you know, staying hydrated and getting some, you know, fluids and 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 food in my system and making sure that I stay healthy. So it's been a, a real good deal. Um, that he's it's been actually very good for us that he's come on. We, we make an excellent team. He drives the vehicle. I do all the walking and. Uh, so far, so good. Uh, it's been great uh, so far. We've had a, a very positive reaction from uh, from the from America, where the parts of America that we've been to so far. Uh, you know, and across this, the political spectrum, and and I would say, you know, this isn't a uh, as I think we've been now on the trail. We've been talking about, you know, this isn't a political issue for any specific party. This is an American issue, and I think uh, even you know when you consider of you know, liberal, conservative, you know, left, right, or whatever, uh, or any race or creed, they, everybody's been on board and very supportive and actually shocked of what we're, of the word that we're, that we're spreading. Uh, when we say, you know, deported veterans, that to them, it seems like something that, that just couldn't be, uh, but it's something that is. So uh, right. it's been and, a great and, trip. Yeah. And refresh our uh, listeners' memories about this and, and what, you know, walk the line is all about and about what you're trying to do here, uh, because uh, you touched on it. It's, you know, about uh, veterans. But, you know, explain to everyone what it is that you're doing and why. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So what we're doing is we're walking from San Diego off of Imperial Beach all the way to Boca Chica, Texas, right past Brownsville. Uh, so from sea to sea. We're walking to bring awareness, and we're making some asks and requests of the President of the United States and Congress, because then, uh, you know, we, we for the last 25 years there have been uh, what we calculate to be thousands of veterans who were green card soldiers at one point and uh, came out of the service, and for one reason or another they ran into legal issues and legal troubles and and have been deported from this nation after they served their time and paid their debt to society. 
again, they never took care of the citizenship part. Uh, many who I've spoken to uh, have uh, stated that, you know, when they uh, they went on active duty, they received their military ID card, and so they were able to move about all over the country with that ID, and uh, they they honestly believe that their situation had been taken care of, and, you know, that's, that's again, that's on, that's on them, but but again, many consider that, you know, they just never consider that they would be facing a situation such as deportation after serving, serving our country. And many of them are, are, you know, combat veterans with medical issues such as PTSD and whatnot. And they it never crossed their mind that they could one day end up in a situation uh, where they would be deported to a country where most of them uh, don't remember ever being, uh, being there. And in and, and many instances, they don't even speak the language. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, you know, it's one thing if <laughs> if you came from there, you know, as an adult, a young adult and, you know, you remember your your family, your heritage, whatever, living in the country. It's another thing if you don't ever remember even being there. And right. if you're yeah, and as we've all known, we've all been in foreign countries where, you know, when you don't speak the language, it's pretty tough. It's it's tough <laughs> to get correct. around. It's tough to get a job. It's tough to do anything. Correct. Uh, there's one instance. Uh, I actually went back into Nogales, uh, Mexico, uh, and uh, I talked to a gentleman there, there and Oscar uh, went with me, who, again, is my uh, safety vehicle driver and coordinator. On, and he started to speak to him in Spanish, and he said to him, hey, uh, let's just do English, bro. <laughs> he said, I'm much better at it. So we're sitting there, and, and it's, it shocked me, and because we are now in Mexico, we for some reason believe that, hey, that's, you know, we're speaking Spanish now. And, he, you know, he's not fluent in Spanish, and even after being deported so many years, he's still not comfortable with the language. So, uh, you know, again, I, I'd like to remind, uh, you know, your audience that, you know, these are folks who came to this country legally, and I, you know, I know that this is a hot-button uh, item that when we talk about, you know, immigration, but again, these were legal residents. They came here. They did it the right way. Were brought here as children legally, and many of them, you know, recognized that and 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 wanted to serve this country. Were believed that this is their country. Uh, you know, they love this country and wanted to serve and give back for the opportunities that they received while being here. And uh, you know, and 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 never expected. And honestly, many of them <laughs> didn't even consider the fact that they were, you know, still they're immigrants. Uh, and, and not naturalized citizens. So, you know, green card holders and, and again, ran into this ugly situation. And, and if I could, if I could, sir, just say that um, many of the folks that I've been visiting, so as we walk, we're walking along the border, right? Uh, we're also visiting these towns south of the border and visiting shelters or folks who are, who are down there on their own. Uh, you know, one in particular didn't have any family when he was deported. All of his family is now in the U.S. Um, you know, all American born. And he was like the last of the group that were to be considered immigrants. And, um, you know, the gentleman suffers from, you know, PTSD. He's a Gulf War veteran. He was in combat. He did, uh, take in, uh, he did see, uh, uh, you know, these, you know, casualties as well. He was there and he suffers from, uh, his PTSD was obvious and, and, and he has, I think he's at great risk. Um, and many of these folks who I've talked to that are, that are deported, uh, show the symptoms of PTSD. Not only that, is you know aggravated by their current situation. They are in in dire need, and just the many of them, the austerity that that they are currently uh, you know just living in, and it's just such a 
a sad situation to see. And if, you know, I was passionate about this when we first started. I mean, my resolve has strengthened at this point because I see what these men and women have done for our country and what they're facing now when, you know, out there on their own. It's, it's some, it, some are okay. I'm not going to say it all, in, but some of them are in, in just such horrible situations, you know, not deserving. Uh, they deserve to be, be, you know, have much better and at the very least access to their medical, the VA medical system, and just to live a decent, you know, quality of life and, and finish off the years, many of them being Vietnam veterans who are suffering, as we all know, uh, you know, because of Agent Orange and many of the other, uh, you know, issues that they ran into while serving in country in Vietnam. Yeah, and, you know, when you're talking about combat vets, I mean, you know, some of these guys served more in more recent conflicts, I'm sure, as well. And Correct. then, in, you know, you have guys who not just PTSD, but, you know, injuries as a result of combat. And, you know, there's no way for them to access the VA when they're deported. And that's just absolutely wrong. And it goes against everything, you know, that they signed up for. That, that's right. Uh, you know, they, uh, some of them, and, and I was, I found it interesting that some of them have been able to process, uh, you know, disability ratings and compensation. Uh, but even then they're taking this, this, this compensation and using it to treat their medical uh, issues. And so at the end of the day, even that compensation adds up to nothing because they have to save several months of it just to be able to take care of their treatment up. You know, I met one gentleman who has a severe, um, uh, spinal uh, uh, issues, um, you know, with his back, it requires surgery on his neck. These are injuries that he uh, suffered while in service. And, you know, he had to, his family raised money for him. And, and, you know, there were contributions made on behalf of our uh, nonprofit and his, and the little bit of money that he received. And it still didn't cover, you know, half of the first surgery. And he comes out of surgery and now he, he's, he needs another surgery. So, the, the, it's just never ending when they find a little bit of relief. It just, it doubles down. And again, you know, we understand and they understand they're very aware that, you know, they made a mistake, you know, they committed a crime, uh, but they paid their debt to society, you know, and at the same time, they also sacrificed a lot for this nation. So, you know, I consider if they pay their debt to society, you know, they should have the opportunity to have a fresh start in this country, a country that they, they you know, that they grew up in and that they served, they served honorably. Uh, just a very tough situation to be in for, for these folks. Now, how is it that, uh, explain to our listeners how, how you came about, you know, setting this organization up and, you know, what motivated you to do this? Yeah, so I've actually started working, you know, through experience, through my own experience. I exited uh, active duty in November of 2003, just dealing with the VA and the way that we were treated and whatnot uh, over the years, seeing how difficult it was, how seeing how many of these folks are, you know, 100% disabled, can't work, and we're having to hire attorneys just to just to be able to, you know, get some 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 compensation or some of the services that they earned, some of the uh, – so we started uh, years ago with seminars, just helping our veterans here and there. About a year and a half ago, we started this nonprofit, American Veterans Homefront Initiative, with the goal of helping uh, folks that were transitioning and, you know, dealing with other issues such as homelessness, homelessness and whatnot, with the ultimate goal of helping uh, to bring down the, the, uh, the average of suicide, uh, uh, of, you know, 22 a day, which I think it's a little bit lower now. The number is fluctuating, but that's how it started. And a year and a half ago, we were working on a podcast and we found out that 
you know, there was such a thing as deported veterans. We visited, we visited Mexicali, then uh, in Tijuana, we visited the bunker, met Hector Barajas, who was the director of that center down there, and which he just left from here. He came down to El Paso to visit and, and, and walk with us a little bit. Uh, and we met Mr. Erasmo Apodaca, who, who this walk is dedicated to, and, you know, who passed away May 22nd, uh, uh, two days after he received his letter for an interview, and he had been deported, I believe, 22 years. Mm. And, you know, and like I told you in the past, is we had a, we attended the funeral, they asked us to do a flag folding ceremony for him, and, and I had a deliver an American flag on behalf of, you know, I said of our, you know, of our veterans and, um, you know, to the family, an American flag on behalf of, uh, uh, you know, of us to a family on foreign soil, which I found uh, just repulsive. And, and, you know, it really, it, it shook me. It shook me to know that, that, that things like this were happening and uh, there was no time to waste. Uh, no, you know, so we got on this right away. What better way than, uh, to bring awareness to this issue and to walk the border, you know, the significance of it, right, where most are deported through, and, and bring awareness every step of the way. Just talk to everyone that we can, elected officials, folks, uh, Border Patrol agents who were who knew about it and who many have stated that, you know, they want to see a change in policy. And obviously because of their position, they have to do their job, but they're not comfortable. Many are veterans. So uh, this is how it started. It started uh, because a friend died, uh, you know, didn't have access to healthcare here in the U S or to the VA. Uh, he, he dies. His family is left uh, uh, unprotected there in Mexico. They're all alone. Um, and we don't want to see others go through this. And as we've been on this walk, we've seen that there are more and more in the situation that wasn't unique to him. It's it's many, especially our Vietnam-era uh, veterans who are now in their 70s and are and are suffering and need help and need help immediately. Uh, this was a, a, a an issue that needs to be resolved now. Our president promised that he would fix it. Uh, he issued on July 2nd, I believe, uh, statements that they were going to start stop the deportation of veterans, start the process of bringing some of them home, and and obviously facilitate the the citizenship process while on active duty. But just two days ago, we got word that another Marine was uh, deported into Tijuana, Mexico. So it still hasn't nothing's changed at this point. Even though the president gave those orders, he hasn't signed the executive orders that would prevent this from happening. We also have congressmen like Mark, Mark Tucano, who is the chairman of the Veterans Affairs Committee. He's sitting on many bills that have been introduced in, uh, 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 to help alleviate some of these issues. And for some reason, one reason or another, he's refused to introduce them to the floor where we would believe they would have bipartisan support. Um, I don't know what the reason is for that. I mean, he uh, does not have, uh, he's not a veteran or does not have any military experience. Uh, so maybe he doesn't understand the sacrifices that our men and women go through just serving even during peacetime, even stateside, uh, the sacrifices that our, that our young, young men and women uh, uh, make for the, for the benefit of this country. Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny because I remember we talked when you had first started your walk. And, I, you know, I was trying to keep up with uh, the local news as you were making your way. And. I, I know the L.A. Times had something that said there uh, in Department of Defense across all the services, there's 25,000 non-citizens serving in the U.S. Armed Forces. And it's just uh, it's amazing to me. I mean, I'm sitting here in my living room but as we're recording this. But, you know, if someone serves in our armed forces, especially in a time of war, which we're still in, 
you know, uh, although it's starting to wind down, but they should be uh, immediately granted citizenship of, upon completion of their service. I, it just blows me away. And I can't believe that we're still, you know, I, I know, uh, you know, the president had said that they weren't going to do that anymore. But now you're telling us now that another Marine was just deported to P Tijuana. It just Correct. blows me away. Correct. And I'm trying to get a hold of him as soon as I can. I'll get a hold of him and I'll bring him on through Instagram, which has been a great platform for us to get this word out. Um, yeah, I, I, just a lot of different issues and it requires real. I mean, I'm sure that they're doing their, their work. Right. But he said the first hundred days and I know that there are a lot of pressing issues. But I mean, this is something that I'm sure that we could set aside just a very tiny amount of resources. And, and this would be accomplished, you know, in, almost immediately. It could be done overnight. Um, you know, in the numbers that we received from another show there in Los Angeles, a radio show, and I think it was KXO, I, I don't recall exactly, but they estimated uh, the numbers they received is that currently on active duty, there are between 90,000 and 100,000 service members that are green considered, you know, green card soldiers wow. uh, currently serving on active duty. Uh, the other shame is that, uh, you know, Immigration and Customs Enforcement does not keep ta uh, keep a, a number, an accurate number of of you know who is a veteran uh and 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 how many that have been deported over the past 25 years uh a couple of you know two agencies are giving different uh uh but the uh, one gave 95 and i think the other one was like 295 over you know 295 deported veterans over you know between 2013 and 2018 but the fact of the matter is that no one knows exactly how many veterans have been deported there are veterans who have passed away at this point. There are veterans who just don't want to be found. I just got word today of one here in Juarez, Mexico, who was a drill instructor and eventually got deported and, uh, you know, I think was up to the rank of gunnery sergeant. But she refuses to be found now. She refuses to talk to anybody. She just wants to just she feels betrayed and wants to just disappear. So at this point, we'll never know. And, and my, it's my belief that we will never know. Um, how many veterans were actually deported because there's they, again they never tracked them and it would be a huge undertaking to just cross-reference social security numbers or what and, and and you know to you know it would require different uh, government agencies to take this on and we know the red tape that exists in the federal government and so I don't think that it would never ever happen just because of the bureaucracy but there are thousands of veterans, according to these shelters south of the border, that have been deported, and and that doesn't account for the ones that are, you know, worldwide in Jamaica and Haiti and Europe and Africa. Mm -hmm. uh, so we'll we'll never know. Yeah, I mean, and for those individuals, it's even tougher to get in touch with them because they're so far away. It's not like you know they're just across the line, but. Um, that it just it's amazing so you know right now uh, uh when we were talking uh off air you were telling me you're about 30 miles outside of el paso at this point yes sir we are about 30 miles off of el paso we we paused for just a minute to visit with the folks south of the border there's a pretty good sized shelter here i met about i believe eight veterans i met one veteran specifically uh that is uh, in his deathbed and he was still out there trying to, you know, he went out to meet me. He could barely walk. But so we paused for a little bit here in El Paso. And now we got to make up, uh, make up time. We're still on track to get to uh, 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 Boca Chica by August 11th. 
mm-hmm. but it's going to require, you know, some, some, you know, that we, uh, some long days and a lot of mileage. Um, I did include there a couple of short days, which would be about 20 miles, 25 miles. So, um, but most of the days are going to be pretty long. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, what we're doing now is we're looking for, um, you know, areas where I could take shortcuts such as, you know, going off the main road or the main path or away from the fence for a little bit to cut, you know, some of the angles in there and just cut off a few miles. That would help a lot. But, but yeah, about 30 miles, uh, uh, west, uh, east of El Paso, uh, we are actually going to post, uh, this evening, our schedule for the, for Texas, which is, we have about 21 days left. Um, so we'll post it this evening with pretty accurate dates. I think we, we got it down to the mile of where we're going to be. Uh, so that'll be on the American, uh, veterans homefrontinitiative.com uh, posted tonight and also on our, our Facebook. And then of course my personal accounts will add that as well, uh, to make sure that people know where we're at. A lot of people have been joining us. They want to join us. And, uh, we weren't able to give an accurate schedule just because we weren't sure how this trip was going to go. Right. I, I mm-hmm. didn't know if, my body would survive it. <laughs> At this point, we're doing okay. <laughs> so. Well, that's good. We're glad to hear that. I mean, that's uh, <laughs> yeah. We're we're glad to hear that you're you're hanging in there. Now, how many miles have you walked so far? I uh, I don't know. To be honest, I refuse to take you know keep track of it exactly because it's, it's a psychological thing. I think for me, but a reporter just calculated. She said, based on the routes that were available, I don't know. She did some weird math. She said it's about you know seven hundred and. Uh, uh, 750 miles, I think she said. And I was like, well, well, you know, I'm glad you, t- you counted because I'm refusing to. So. <laughs> that's, that's a lot of rucking under, under the feet, but, uh, uh, we're, we're pulling for you, man. I mean, uh, I'm glad you were able to check in with us today. We're going to keep continuing, uh, you know, trying to talk to you all along the way, as long as, uh, you're willing to talk with us and, uh, We'll check in and bring, you know, bring some light to this issue. And hopefully by the time you're finished, uh, we'll have some resolution on this. Yeah, no, uh, you know, Steve, I, I, I actually enjoy our conversations. I've had a lot of conversations with reporters and with folks, but I think that you understand firsthand, uh, you know, what is going on, you know, what, what our troops go through and, uh, and honestly, I appreciate also your support and the fact that you put us on your show because it helps to bring awareness to this issue that I think was, they've done a lot of work on this. They've done a lot of stories and, and, and you know, documentaries and stuff, but still the word doesn't get out. Uh, but I think it's going to, it's going to take this kind of effort and, and, and people like yourself and your show willing to, to put us on and help us spread the, spread the message. So get it out there and, and help us do something about it. So I, I greatly, I appreciate your support. I appreciate the opportunity to be on your show, and uh, yeah, I look forward to having this conversation again. Absolutely, and you know, although the the two issues are are quite different, you know, with the the move to bring a lot of the Afghans who work for us to the United States, I think it would be a really good PR uh, time for the president to not only take care of the Afghans who work for us loyally, but for those who worked for us and have been deported. So let's, uh, let's hopefully on August 11th, bring all those guys home. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that, uh, it, 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 it just would show the type of nation that we are, you know, that we keep our word to our allies and our, our word to our troops. Uh, 
there are some folks still up in the hills of Vietnam that have been in hiding now over 25 years and that are currently being wiped out by the government there. Uh, you know, those were allies. They fought along our side, um, you know, in Vietnam, and, and they're still being uh, persecuted. And, you know, those are the people that, you know, in order to maintain credibility to protect, you know, American interests, you know, around the world and in our nation, our borders and our way of life, we need to, uh, we need to, we need to keep our word and we need to, we need to do right by them. So, yeah, I would love to see the Afghan interpreters come home, our troops come home, and, you know, all those that helped us along the way uh, come to this nation. Well, um, before we let you go and uh, get some well-needed rest there, uh, tell our listeners how they can contribute and, uh, you know, to the cause. And, you know, if, uh, uh, talk about your website as well, because maybe uh, some vets want to walk a day or so along the, the route with you. Yeah, no, absolutely. Our, our website is uh, www.americanveteranshomefrontinitiative.com. Yes, I know it's long. <laughs> I have to rethink the name, I guess. But uh, americanveteranshomefrontinitiative.com, it has a little button there. Uh, they can uh, con- contribute through PayPal. Um, and, you know, a lot of folks have been wanting to buy us water and snacks, but we can't carry that. Um, so I always tell folks, you know, save that money. Uh, just contribute 20 25 bucks. It all goes a long way. Uh, you know, would help us. And again, any funds that aren't used to this, I want folks to remember that these these funds, this is just a, the current uh, issue that we're on, but we are, this nonprofit is set up to help veterans, you know, in any any uh, uh, time in their lives when they, they are in need. The one thing that is unique is that we don't uh, hand out anything. Everything is uh, through sweat equity. And, um, you know, it's because, you know, our veterans don't want any handouts. They want to hand up. And, and that is how we how we operate this organization. Excellent. Well, you know, we're wishing you the best. And, uh, hey, keep slogging those miles, my friend. I mean, that's uh, some impressive stuff. The 750-mile yes, ruck is uh, – that's uh, that's longer than I've rucked. So, uh, <laughs> hey. Yeah. <laughs> At least all at once. I mean, I've, uh, yeah. I, as, I'm sure you got your, I'm sure you got your miles in there. Oh, you I got some to... miles in, but not, not as all at once like that, my friend. So, <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're, we're pulling for you, but like, yeah, let's definitely keep in touch. And, you know, especially when you get closer to uh, Brownsville, which is your, uh, well, right outside of Brownsville, isn't it uh, where your ending yeah, point is? So, and yeah, yeah, ending point would be in Boca Chica, but uh, the, the the event will be will come right back into Brownsville. They have a retired first sergeant, Marine Corps first sergeant, out there, and I called her up. I served with her about 20 years ago, asked her to coordinate the event for us. Uh, Christine, uh, first sergeant Christine Ramos is out there, and she's handling the the, the event and all the logistics for that to make sure that we have a good event, good press, and that we're able to continue to get the message out. So. Uh, so you're more than welcome to join us August 11th in Bronzeville, Texas, sir. Excellent. Excellent. Hey folks, Ramon Castro from, from, uh, I'm going to try to say this right without getting it all mixed up from <laughs> um, American, <laughs> American veterans home front initiative. I always get tongue tied on that, but, uh, yeah, if, if, <laughs> so if, if you, yeah, if you can support that in any way, Please do, folks. And before we go, if you want to get SoftRep on your phone, download our free mobile app and get easy access to our articles, podcasts, gear reviews, all perfectly formatted to your device. 
Please subscribe to softrep.com to get access to all our library of eBooks and our exclusive team room forms and content available on all your Apple and Android devices. We want to thank you all for joining us this afternoon. And thanks again, Ramon, for joining us and taking the time. Good luck, man. We're going to uh, be, you know, monitoring the site and uh, let's get this done. Okay. Thank you, sir. Appreciate the support. All right. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Soft Rep Radio. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. 